0: know that your door is what always open um, and your path is free to walk
1: you know the, the the rabbit situation is really worrying me in the state of running that nobody <laughs> seems, no to seems to be going, to going the
0: with the rabbit yes yeah, well is weird wh- why why do you think that why do you think they're not doing it mm, i think some of it i don't think i think it's easy to say that like oh like
1: you know the athletes are just don't want to run that pace, but I think a lot of it has to do with how the rabbits are running those paces, like in that mile, right? Yeah, that guy went out so hard, mm-hmm. and I feel like for a mid-distance runner, they can obviously run. You know, he was supposed to take them through in what, like one fifty-two, one fifty-three. Yeah. Okay, so they they can do that, but I don't think that the best, most efficient way for them to do that is to, you know have this kind of go out so hard. It's, you know, I think it's better if they just kind of ease into it. And I don't think the rabbits do a great job of easing into paces. It's more like, it's almost like a sprint.
0: Two things. I guess the first, I know, I mean, like in the 800, I think what you're talking about was very apparent. Yeah. I think the prescribed, like they wanted to go, the rabbit to go through at 57. Mm-hmm. And I think she ended up going out in 26 for the first 200. Mm-hmm. And, um, even even the guy uh, that was announcing the race was like, "That's just stupid. That's <laughs> just stupid." Yeah, nobody's going to go with that. And two, I, I wonder if part of being the rabbit, you kind of have to just depending on where they put you. Right, like way out in lane eight, if mm-hmm. somebody wants to go out, like you have to you have to sprint. Like yeah. you need to sprint to get ahead. So I think, I don't know if part of it is just kind of the setup of being a rabbit. Like, you need to be able to go out and grab the lead. It seems like they should put the rabbits on the rail. Yeah, I don't know. It it just seems like there's better a better place for a rabbit than having to sprint out and beat, the, beat them to the break.
1: Yeah, but it, it is. It's disappointing because then in that men's mile, it's like no one went with that guy. It was and also then, just
0: kind of a slow day, though, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I did. It seemed like th- things weren't as fast as they normally
0: were um, in previous years. What the hell is that? Did you hear this? Good God, my house is just full of different sound effects. Gurgling uh, pipes. Gurgling pipes. <laughs> the woman. It's it's yeah. about one fifteen. The woman on her hog is bound to drive by soon. My God! All right, I'm the gonna go to a different of room. Horrors. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, th- yeah, the things were like disappointingly slow. Um, I guess I guess we could just kind of run through some stuff.
0: Yeah. Do you want to Do you want to get to our first ad read before we get going? You want to You want to welcome everybody? Give us the brief introduction.
1: Um, I think that's kind of your job.
0: All right, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the second edition of the Big Meat Pod. The Big Boy Pod. The Big Boy. The Big Meat Pod by a couple of big boys. Big I don't boy think pod. we didn't have a name for this podcast the first time we did it, um, mostly because we thought that we would not be doing it again, but. Due to a couple of the poor
1: reviews, we decided to give yeah, but
0: because of the overwhelmingly negative response, um, we've decided to give it another go. Uh, so if you're not familiar with me, my name is Ryan Sterner, I am a blog boy. And uh, Stephen, why don't you tell him who you are?
1: I'm Stephen Kirsch, I'm also a blog boy. Um, we both work for Sidious Mag, and we decided that we should try out this podcasting thing. So, we're going to basically do a short podcast after um, most big meets and kind of recap the action as well as talk about our personal lives.
0: Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Kohl's. Stephen, tell them a little bit about Kohl's.
1: Kohl's. It's your one-stop shop for a suit, a tie, and maybe a blouse for your wife or loved one. Kohl's. The place to get it all. Uh, Kohl's is... They have over 80 stores nationwide. Um Probably one in your own hometown or someone you know. So if you're looking for a reason to visit, oh, I don't know, Spokane maybe, Sacramento, go check out Kohl's. I'm sure you can bring a friend along. Kohl's.
0: Tell them Sidious Meg sent you for uh, a free uh, pair of eyeglasses while supplies last. You got to get out there quick because from what we know, there are very limited supplies also a lot of money still left at Kohl's.
1: my uh, the intel I'm hearing on the streets is this is the summer of the crew sock, um, which is in luck because Coles sells crew socks, um, so I head over to Coles for the. Why don't crew you
0: tell sock. the simple people what a crew sock is?
1: Crew sock, I believe that's the sock that will ride just above the ankle, um, kind of you know inching up the shin. Um, I think that's what a crew sock is.
0: It's what the, we in the sock industry like to call no man's land. Yes. No sock has ever gone to mid before. Anyway, for the love of God, let's move on <laughs> okay. before any more listeners drop off. <laughs> um, I guess, just like last time, let's start at the top of the program. So, the, um, first, re- the
1: first interesting event was you know,
0: this is the women's 400 meter hurdles. The Americans looked really good in this. Uh, the uh, Delilah Muhammad won. She, nice. uh, what do we know about Delilah? She's the Olympic uh, Olympic Olympic champion. Right? champion. Yep. She's the world champ too. Uh, world silver medalist. Um, ran very well. Ran very poised. Uh, the other American, Shamir Little, finished second. Mm-hmm. It Love came down Shamir. to both of them. Shamir was winning. or It was Delilah's race. Then coming around the final curve, Shamir took over, um, only to have Delilah beat her over the last two hurdles. It was a very good race. Um, she, uh, yeah, 53.65. Um, nothing too interesting, I think, other than... There was a uh, there was a Norwegian national record oh. by the uh, Norwegian woman Amalie Ijul, I think is probably how you pronounce that. It's worth
1: noting that Oslo
0: is in Norway, and uh, home home hometown gal. That's uh, <laughs> it's about all we know. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Things are going well to the men's fifteen hundred meter. this was a fun one
1: this was a fun one mostly because of the rabbit who you really wanted to talk about
0: yeah the rabbit had a very good name um a hyphenated last name his name was dale and here's his last name king cutterbuck you just don't get names like that you don't
1: not in the states no no that's beautiful Uh, it really rolls off this tongue dale king cutterbuck
0: oh i'm sorry not cutter clutter even better clutter buck
1: man that's a good one um so the men's 1500 that was actually uh that was a great race um Mm -hmm. i was surprised that the youngest ingebrigtsen was not in the dream mile but he was in this 1500 um
0: now it seems like uh oversight
1: (laughs) you think they just kind of forgot about him
0: yeah, they're like, yeah. there can't be more than two of these, yeah. right? This is insane. This is mm-hmm. a
1: typo, fire the intern. We'll put the third one in the 1500 to make a point. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that was, um, that was the, you know, it kind of came down to and Chris O'Hare, Robbie Andrews, um, Pat Casey was there. He wasn't really ever vying for the win, but he was definitely, like, in a really good position to run a fast time. And I think he ran 337
0: or 8, maybe yeah. 338. So. Here's the question I guess I had from the race. So it went, Chris O'Hare won it, 335. Yep. Robbie Andrews, 336.05. And then the youngest, Britson, 336.06. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, the Britson boy was really boxed in. He kind of found himself in a really bad position. Yeah, he was, he was
1: bad on the, on the home stretch. He was, yeah. yeah,
0: but I kind of feel like if he had gotten out of there, he probably would have won it. I would have thought so,
1: but I also thought it looked like Robbie could have won because, you know, he's kind of got what I always assume is the fiercest kick um, right. out of a lot of those fifteen hundred guys. Um, but yeah, C- Chris O'Hare is very strong, and he he held off Robbie, so he could have held off the, the young English boy.
0: Yeah, that's true. I guess his personal best too is. I think going into it right the Britson had a 339 1500. Yeah, yep. he said that was a pretty big
1: PB, but like that's to be expected. He just ran 352. That's crazy. And he's
0: 17, probably not too many 1500 meters under his belt at this no, age. Definitely not. Um but it was, I thought it
1: was I thought it was a good showing for uh, for America.
0: Yeah, definitely. I am a big fan of Robbie Andrews. Yeah. I um Do you know him?
1: Um I do know him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's a nice very nice big goofball loves uh, lo- loves Italian food chicken parm um, you, you know he always has that nice guido fade going on
0: Nothing he's just a good guido fade. New,
1: he's a good New Jersey boy
0: you know I I've spent I spent a, a strange amount of time with him a long time ago uh-huh. back in like um, it was the Olympic trials in 2012 it was the early 80s it was yeah. the early aughts <laughs> yeah. And um, I was working for FlowTrack at the time. And uh, I needed... I, I had a flight that flew into Portland, but then there was nobody from FlowTrack there that was going to drive me to Eugene. So Dropping the ball already. Yeah, they, uh, Ryan Fenton, God bless his soul, found me a ride uh, with Jason Vigilante and Robbie Andrews. So I get out of the airport and... He had Jason Vigilani he was just waiting on the curb for me <laughs> with Robbie Andrews in the um, in the passenger seat and we proceed to go to some like strip mall so we can eat lunch uh, but in that strip mall there was a there was an Adidas' um, like outlet store uh-huh. and at the time I think Robbie had just signed with Adidas and it was 2012 you know he kind of went through a lull yep. a few years ago but I think in 2012, people were still really buying the Robbie Andrews stock.
1: Well, because I'm pretty sure he went pro right before the
0: trials. Yes. Yeah. So I just remember be- being kind of funny. Like we walked into this Adidas outlet and we were just kind of like, it's like, here we are with a professional Adidas athlete. And just like, everybody's going like, go, "Oh, can I help you find anything? <laughs> um, but then, you know, we got back in the car, made the two hour drive from Portland to Eugene. I took a nap in the back. Nice. Um, went on a short run with him around the oh, wow. Amazon Trail.
1: Oh man! And, so you, um, so you, you, you know, you, you best shoulders with greatness, is what you're saying.
0: Yeah, and uh, would does he remember this? Probably, absolutely not. Oh, I bet he does,
1: or at least he would pretend to. He's a very nice kid.
0: I love that. Yeah. Um, so that's my Robbie Andrews. Okay, story.
1: that was you know it was an okay story, not the best. No, you've had
0: better stories. <laughs> Um, next, next,
1: next event. I think it's worth noting too. The overall environment of this meet before we get too deep into it seems just fantastic. There was shirtless. There was a shirtless guy who didn't even like draw an eye. It just seemed like you know that was like oh yeah that's normal for you know this old man, sans shirt to just kind of be sunbathing in the crowd. Um, Doesn't there
0: seem to be something like kind of gentle about like a European man <laughs> and attract me with a shirt off? He's like, oh, I'm a little hot.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take this off way more gentle than like, you know, if that were to happen. And which I'm sure like in football stadiums, you know, there's a bunch of shirtless dudes. Yeah, um, but
0: then that that has the that
1: carries with it a certain stigma. Yeah. 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 Th- th- this guy definitely seemed way more gentle. I don't know what it is. It might, it might be the the long, I don't know. I don't know what it is. The harsh winters, great summers. I don't know.
0: Yeah, he's like, we've got a one-month window where it's going to be above 60 degrees, so I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to pop the top. Uh, there was also, I don't, I, I don't know who, who was sponsoring this meet from a Norwegian television standpoint, but they had a giant strawberry. Mm, you like liked a, him. Yeah. Or just her. Androgynous. Or her. Yeah. You know? Trying to pump up the crowd. Yeah. Uh, I think after Caster Semenya won the 800, she went over and gave the strawberry a hug, (laughs) uh, which was great. Um, This meet, I think, also concluded at about 10. (laughs) That's crazy. 10.30 local time. Yeah. Sun was still out. Just, that's beautiful. The sun never sets in Oslo.
1: Have you ever spent much time in that, like, north of the hemisphere?
0: Um... Uh, I mean, <laughs> I grew up in Minnesota, so, you know, okay. um, how, how late, how like light would it stay there in the summer? Man, you, you forget, I mean, oh, like nine thirty, probably. Wow. And you remember being a kid and like your mom would make you go to bed at like nine o'clock. <laughs> just light out. Yeah. And you would just, you would still hear kids with, with cool moms. Yeah. With cool moms, <laughs> <laughs> like screaming outside yeah. and you'd be like, God damn it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I've been to, I've been to Copenhagen, which I think is just uh-uh. across the pond from, from Norway, as that if that's what they say. Uh, just the nicest people. Yeah. You wouldn't bet an eye at a shirtless man. Uh uh-uh. uh Because he
1: doesn't mean, it, it's, you know, there's no, yeah, there's no stigma, there's no connotation with being shirtless like that. He's angry. You know, right. he's happy. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's something about the American shirtless man in a sporting event that is more off-putting than a European shirtless man.
0: Yeah, because that guy's kind of probably being a bit of a bore, you know? Uh-huh. He's, yes. like, slapping his belly and, oh, like, waving God. his t-shirt over his head.
1: And he might have a painted belly, which, yeah, you know, no one needs. No. God, no. Ugh. Um, moving on, you know what was after this was an absolute cluster of an event, oh, which was the, the woman's steeplechase.
0: There was an absolutely enormous bungle on who's in charge of like the meat staff
1: just volunteers
0: yeah so why don't you tell them what happened
1: well it appears that i think it was the the first barrier the women went over after you know their initial unbarriered 300 meters um was that was set at the men's height and the first there was already a little first group that was forming and they they all kind of got over as clean as they could. Uh, and then Emma Coburn started gesticulating wildly at the officials to lower the barrier um but there was a second little group that did not go over that well and like Courtney Frerichs, i think had some issues with it Aisha Pratt ran into the barrier just took in the bread basket right, yeah um
0: and they went like two more laps before yeah. they kind of fixed it
1: the the kind of fix was spectacular because they just they lowered one half of it and then just moved the other half onto the infield, so it was like a short barrier for the athletes to jump over. It was it was outrageous, but the poise of the athletes was pretty impressive. Like for Aisha to come back from that and then still run, she ran nine twenty three, which um, is
0: only four seconds off of her personal best.
1: That's pretty crazy. Um, and for Emma and all those other girls, I don't know. It was just it was super impressive.
0: I mean, it's super frustrating. I would be pissed. Yeah. I don't know who deals with that kind of stuff, but if I'm the coach or if I'm the agent, I don't know how you how you reconcile something like that. Like, what's there's no there's nothing you can do.
1: No, especially yeah. after the
0: fact. Like, what are you yeah. gonna like fire the person? Like, okay, well, we hold one meet a year here. Yeah, you're you know maybe you'll be back next year, maybe you won't. I don't know. Do you think it does anything to the reputation of the meet?
1: I hope not. I mean, that's not that like. I was about to say that's not that big of a deal, but I don't want to undermine it because I'm sure to some of those women that was a huge deal and it was a potential opportunity for them to, you know, that they wanted to seize that maybe got swept away from them. Um, but I, I don't think it should solely the reputation of a meat based on...
0: It's also something, though... I mean, it's dangerous.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Like, uh, I think we were talking about it before we got on the pod, that friend of the pod, Nicole Bush, back in, like... The-
1: 2009...
0: Two thousand nine broke her foot. Yeah, on how a did that happen? That was too high.
1: Did she just hit her foot because she, yeah. she wasn't oh, okay? Because she like wasn't ready to jump that high. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you
0: know how much higher the barrier is?
1: Um, I don't, but it, it's substantial. <laughs> <laughs> Not a small amount. Yeah. One time I was running a steeple in college, and they didn't put out the first barrier, and that was fantastic. Yeah, um, that's, that's was, the kind of mistake <laughs> you want. Yeah, I was like, all right, that's that's fine.
0: <laughs> How many, how many seconds do you think a single barrier takes away? Like, takes off of your time?
1: Oh, man. I don't know. Two or three seconds?
0: Well, because I was saying, like, well, what if you had ran some sort of...
1: Into the like qualifiers? On?
0: Yeah. But they were like, well, that mark doesn't count. Could you yeah. just be like, well, add two seconds or something like yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. And just, if it's still under the, the mark, yeah. just let me in.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking, too, about this meet. Like, if someone had run... Like, they are pretty close to the meat record, I think. So had they done that, would that have been ratified? Um, I think...
0: It, Do you need it to be ratified for this sort of stuff?
1: I don't know. That's a question for someone more in touch with these things than me,
0: Ryan. And we will not be following up with that. So, no, absolutely you...
1: <laughs> not. If you don't get the
0: gist of this, then you should leave. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, kidding, don't leave. No, we desperately need this.
1: Uh... So, yeah, but it so that was an entertaining event for all the wrong reasons. Although Emma Coburn did, she finish second, I think, in 909. Um, just like what, half, maybe a quarter second off the win. She closed. She closed like very a mad well. Mad woman off that last barrier. She looked
0: great. Yeah, she did. I don't know, because it doesn't, it didn't really look like she started her kick until like 50 meters out. Mm-hmm. You yeah. gotta wonder if. I've obviously never been in any situation close to a Diamond League race, <laughs> and you got to defer to the the world medalist, the world uh, champion. I'm sorry.
1: You think um, you held the kick on for a little,
0: a little, you think- little too late? Emma? <laughs> Are you willing to ask her that question? If I was in the press area, I'd be like, yeah. oh, you I want would- to think about kicking earlier next yeah. time.
1: <laughs> Look like you had a little juice left. You might have thought about kicking. About fifty meters earlier. Yeah, I, I would've I would have held your tongue on that one.
0: And then uh I would it would it's just I think I'm just setting them up for a LeBron moment where he just kinda leaves the press conference by saying, like, do better next time. Yeah. <laughs> and grabs grabs her briefcase and walks away.
1: Um is this your segue to basketball?
0: You wanna talk about basketball for a little bit? Brief I intermission.
1: Missed, I missed the game last you night. You didn't watch I, the game last I night. I know. I was watching Incivil and then Sarah demanded we left for pizza. Just kidding. We were both really hungry and had to leave.
0: Is she in the room?
1: Is that why you? Uh... Yeah, she is. She's <laughs> making some sort of concoction. Oh, she gave me the middle finger. Hell yeah! Um, I don't know if that was necessary. Um. So yeah, um, because I saw the the opening, I think quarter, and calves look good, man.
0: Well, that's the sad part. That's the desperate part. I think <laughs> was
1: that they played their best that and they lost. Played their
0: best, and they were at least for the first. <laughs> Quarter, yeah. It was like, oh wow, this Cavs team actually looked competitive, and they were only up. I think at certain points it, it fluctuated, but I think they were up by like ten at one point. But then they only ended like up by three, mm-hmm. and then in the second quarter, they were up by thirteen at some points. and I think going into half, they were only up by five, and then after the third, like two minutes into the third quarter, the Warriors were up by four points. And it was An just, insurmountable lead. Yeah. Four points for, yeah, get out of town. Yeah. And uh, I saw something really interesting. Kobe Bryant was like, man, I really do. I have a hard time believing that LeBron's teammates are all trash. Like, I see a lot of <laughs> talent out there. Basically, kind of. And I wonder if this is him just trying to close the argument of, like, you should be able to win with these guys. I'm yeah. clearly better than LeBron.
1: But... Kobe didn't win with those guys because he had what? He had Clarkson and uh, who else did he have? Nance. Nance, and they were trash.
0: Right, but that's because at that point in Kobe's career, he was... He did not care. No, he was going to take 30 shots a game <laughs> on two bad Achilles, a bum knee. He he was torpedoing the team. Yeah.
1: I refuse to believe that LeBron is torpedoing this team in any way with his selfishness. And it's not even selfishness, it's like he even in that first quarter that I watched, he was like he was just distributing and doing everything but scoring, it seemed like, and it was fantastic.
0: Yeah. I um, think he had eight assists at the end of the first half.
1: Yeah. I mean he was yeah, it was and that assist to himself or whatever. Oh I don't know. My I don't know if I thank God. <laughs> I don't think a big enough deal. I saw, I watched that and I was I should have I was about to like call you. It's like Ryan. Have,
0: the only other time I saw that
1: was Tracy McGrady.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it was probably in a dunk contest. Yeah,
1: exactly. It was like a joke of a game. It I was, was
0: insane. I was um. Becca, my girlfriend, was watching the first quarter with me before she left to go do something. Mm. Um, but when he did the thing where he threw it off, the, like he lost his dribble. And then yep. I was like, oh, okay, where are you going to go from here? And he throws it off the backboard and dunks it. Uh, I kind of stood up like a tool. Yeah. It, you know, and I just, I was like, oh, I, I yelled like an oh, asshole. God. I was like, oh my God. But it was a visceral reaction. It yeah. was in the moment. I couldn't help it. That was just a knee jerk thing. And Becca looked at me with such disgust. Oh. She's like, who am I dating? Oh. <laughs> who is you could, this disgusting man? think you're man? To be excited about sports. Yeah, but I think that... So being excited about sports, it kind of... Um, I love sports. I get excited about sports. But the excited about sports guy almost mm, goes hand-in-hand hand with the shirtless yeah, American true. guy.
1: Yeah, it does. It's it's very close. If you know, the, the, there's a certain Venn diagram where both those people live. Yeah. Simpatico with each other,
0: and you don't want to see that. You don't want to be that because no. you're. If you're the kind of guy that's willing to do that, then you're the kind of guy that's probably going to be shirtless at a NASCAR event. That's true. And, um,
1: uh, at the risk of losing the two other listeners that we have, um, will you just tell me about what happened in the
0: game? In the game. Kevin Durant, how, how, how did it I finish? I think how did it finish? It finished the the Warriors at one point went up by like 10 points in the fourth. And the the Cavs slowly crawled back. They were within, I think, three points with a minute left. Uh-huh. And Kevin Durant just had an absolutely phenomenal game.
1: Wow.
0: I, I think he missed like six shots. He had like 42 points on maybe 20, 20 <laughs> shots. It was insane. Uh, Steph Curry... And it, uh, this is the problem with the Warriors, obviously. It's like Steph Curry shot like 2 of 15. Like, he had an absolutely terrible game. Didn't make a single three-pointer until the final minute. And it was basically a dagger. Did right? he shimmy? Uh, no, because he was heavy. If you go 1 of 10 from three-point... You can't shimmy. You can't shimmy. Yeah, it's a um, But... Yeah, Kevin Durant. It's like someone like Steph Curry can have a terrible game, and if you shut down one, the one superstar. And that like if you shut down LeBron, and he only if he goes if he scores less than ten points, you think like if you hear that stat, you're kind of like, well, that team is screwed. They probably lost the game by thirty. Yeah. But for the Warriors, if a guy like Steph, you know, doesn't score that many points, you can still have a guy like Kevin Durant score 40. <laughs> forty-two. Your team yeah, will be fine. That's nuts. Um. But it did kind of remind me there's this quote, and I'm probably going to wrongly attribute it to Dion Waiters, who plays for the heat
1: Waiters Island
0: Waiters Island. He said something to the press one time, and I think he might have been quoting somebody else anyway. Uh, he's like, "I would rather go one or O for 30 than O for 10 because if I went O for 10, it means that I stopped shooting.
1: Oh my God
0: yeah. And so I think that that's the kind of thing that's really strange to hear. But then you're like, yeah, it's like Steph Curry's having a bad game, but that doesn't mean he's bad at basketball. Like sure. you you need to ask him to continue doing his job. Mm-hmm. And like that's what he did to put them up, you know, in that last minute. He like, yeah. he nailed a three-pointer. Um, Moxie. Yeah. The kid's got Moxie. <laughs> the kid's got Moxie. He's like a quarterback so Um, that was the game it's just they're gonna get swept right I mean it's I mean
1: it seems like it which is unfortunate but whatever things happen I just feel bad for LeBron I shouldn't feel bad for LeBron I don't feel bad for LeBron I take that back I'm walking that one back
0: I was this is something that Chris Derrick said when we were in Portland he was like the you said just a few minutes ago that you refused to believe that LeBron is torpedoing his team yeah Chris Derrick made the argument that he is torpedoing his team by signing these one-year contracts, kind of like holding him leaving over their head. Yeah. And so instead of being able to bring in young talent to develop alongside him, it's kind of like this win at all costs mm-hmm. mentality. Sure. Which means that you're bring you're you're revamping the roster at the trade deadline essentially. <laughs>
1: it's like a Frankenstein. Yeah. Team then, around
0: LeBron. Yeah. And then you hope to God that Jordan Clarkson can come through for you in the finals. Rodney Hood. Yeah. <laughs> um, for the love of God, we've been talking about this for 20 minutes.
1: <laughs> oh, unfortunately, it's much more interesting. <laughs> yeah.
0: Then the women's 100 meter.
1: That was a hooray, right? Uh, yeah. She continues her winning ways. How much do you win if you win a Diamond League? Oh, it has to be a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, big payday plus <laughs> a car. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you you get something that we're not getting. I'll tell you that much.
0: Um, yeah, so it was. I mean, it was a close race. Uh, Dina Asher-Smith with a national record Ooh, for Great, Great Britain, Great Britain. Nice. in second. Um,
1: oh my god! Did you see this picture on the Oslo Diamond League website? Which one? It's of like the Ingabrixons as like
0: cyborgs. Oh yeah, that was the skin suits. That was the the promotional material. They have to be national heroes, right? Oh yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Do we know anything about their parents?
1: So I think their dad coaches them, and actually I'm certain of it because they. So last year before Jacob got like really good, and like Philip and Henrik had always been good, um, but they were in flag. And we were helping set up their training camp. Yep. And the dad was like, he was like, they needed access to the hotel conference room for like seven hours a day because Jacob had to take classes. Um, and he needed like a private, he needed like a room to do that in that couldn't be his hotel room for some reason. Um, But, like, it was, like, super strict. Like, he would train in the morning, then he would go into this conference room for, like, seven hours. Good God. Yeah. And then train again in the afternoon. So, it was pretty – but, like, I didn't really know who he was at that point. Um, Who is this kid? Yeah, I was like, who is this kid? Taking up space. Uh, You're you're just making my life harder. But – I was happy to do it and looking back.
0: a young boy's got to get his education.
1: I know it was yeah, it was pretty cool really
0: Did you run with them at all?
1: you know I never uh I, n- I never did run with them they uh I'd seen with the track a little bit, but yeah, they kind of just did their own thing
0: very all of them have very hip hair,
1: yeah, they all have fantastic hair. Jacob has some like cool little streaks in it
0: that's something that that's a young man's game mm-hmm. Like, imagine if the next time you saw me, I showed up and I had frosted tips. Are you. <laughs> I'm just imagining that. This. Women's uh, 800. We, we talked about this a little bit. Already. We did. Um, this is Semenya. kind of a rematch of the very fast uh, pre classic 800 mm-hmm. meter um, with Neon Saba and Semenya.
1: Just missing Wilson there. Aji Wilson.
0: So the, this is the one with the pacer that went out incredibly fast. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Overall, it just it, it generally this is this can be a really fast track, but it just wasn't. It wasn't today. Yeah, it wasn't
1: spectacular. I thought I thought Caster would run like you know or, oh, another kind of 156 low, 155 high situation.
0: Yeah. After after this race, you kind of figured that the men's mile which I think, you know, it's the dream mile. It's a pretty, uh, it's a historic event. It's got a lot of weight to it. You kind of knew, I think at least I did. I was like, well, you see the women kind of go in what should be a fat, I mean, the women in this rate, right? you had Laura Muir, Brenda Martinez as well. It's like, those mm-hmm. aren't, there's no slouches when it comes to the event. Sure. Um,
1: both so, aren't really world-class 800 meter runners, um, they're more, you know, fifteen hundred, I think. But Brenda's run one fifty seven nine, so she's obviously has the talent. But yeah, th- and then this was a two second season's best for her. What um, is
0: what is Brenda Martinez? This event? Can we talk about Brenda Martinez a little I, bit? I think,
1: I mean, she, she always seems to me more of a fifteen hundred meter runner, just because she's a strong. Like she she does some pretty incredible strength based workouts.
0: Do you see the stuff that she posts? Like yeah, some it's of incredible. Her? Yeah.
1: Yeah, but she, she 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 is. She's also very very fast. Um, so yeah, she's kind of 1,500, 800 person. But I would, I would favor her more as a fifteen hundred meter runner.
0: That being said, she does have a medal mm-hmm. in the eight hundred. So. Oh, I mean, I'm that's... a total idiot. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But that, that was just... five years ago. Yeah. So at the age of thirty. Ooh. I don't know. I mean, I think Jenny Simpson kind of defies what I'm about to say. But uh, I guess <laughs> at the age of 30, right, you're probably moving up.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's common logic, but I don't know if it's necessarily accurate. Like you see some like Nick Willis, who's always spouting off about how, you know, uh, what is it? Speed. You don't lose speed getting old. You get, oh, you lo- you get old losing speed. Oh, that doesn't make sense. So see, so just basically something about how if you don't, aren't you, if you aren't working your speed all the time, you lose it. Right. And then that makes right. you, um, that's going to make you need to move up. But if you do stay on it, then you can kind of keep competing at this faster stuff. Like yeah. he's, he's obviously shown that he can do that, but he might also just be a genetic freak.
0: How, cause he, what, he's got 83, so he's 35. Yeah. That's,
1: that's pretty incredible. he'll be a world-class miler. Yeah.
0: He was because we were talking about this earlier. I looked up the all-time fifteen hundred meter. Yeah. So they go and run three thirty-five. You were you you, and then you brought up um, Mo running his three twenty-seven back in two thousand fifteen or whenever it was. Yeah. And I just kind of thought like, well, yeah. I think we all kind of have at least for world class standards. Like if you go three thirty or below, you I think you're kind of considered to be. Definitely. Like that's that's great yes and i didn't really know how many men have broken 330 for the 1500 mm. before that's a uh, that'd be a good stat but it's quite a lot oh really it's 100 one where there's been 100 times i guess then it's not a lot then there's a hundred yeah that
1: doesn't seem like that many
0: a hundred marks run by you know i'm looking down the list uh it looks like Hisham Hickam, I don't know, never know how to pronounce Hickam's name. Hickam, Hickam Al-Garouge. Um is, is his name. It, it looks like any time he ran a fifteen hundred, he never ran slower than three thirty, according to this list. <laughs> um, but Nick Willis is on there. Yeah. Um, Steve Cram, uh, Bernard Bernard Lagat, oh, obviously yeah. um, Bernard Lagat, uh, recently disgraced. Uh, Olympic medalist Asbel Kiprop. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I don't know. So it's... Uh, I don't know why I brought that up, but yeah. Well, it doesn't seem that common.
1: I mean, think that at first you made it seem like it was common, but it doesn't right. seem like it happens that much.
0: No, it doesn't. Not that yeah. many men have done it, uh, which kind of makes the... I mean, there are a handful of American men that have run 330.
1: thirty.
0: Mm-hmm. Because um, I don't think... Outside of Bernard Lagat and Sidney Mari, there's been no other American man to run under 3:30. like really? even, even um, I'm sure it... uh, Webb ran like enroute? Oh yeah, yeah had to have. but maybe even that, uh... But then you have Andrew Weeding, I think has ran 3:30 which is nuts to think about, yeah. especially since he never really panned out. <laughs> as shitty as that sounds, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Matt Centruitz, probably, yeah. obviously, has done it. Alan Webb has run 330. Uh, yeah, Andrew Weeding. Uh, Leo, Leo Manzano has run 330. No way. So you got a lot of guys right there.
1: Yeah, so that seems like it's that mark. So the next running event was the Mins 200, which saw our favorite world champion. Ramil Guliev reclaim his uh, his top mark with a 19.9, season's best.
0: Yeah, he looked good doing it. He did. He um he had what do they call those things with the sunglasses when you tie uh, around your head? He had uh, he, on, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a bunch of tattoos.
1: Yeah, he does. If you saw him, you'd be like, "Who is this guitarist for a uh, Metallica cover band or something?" Yeah. Yeah, but no, and he's a world-class 200 meter runner from Turkey. Who knew? Not me. I didn't know who was. I saw him in the final of uh, London last year, and we're just kind of like, ah, this guy will get last. And then he won. And then he won. <laughs> and you looked like a horse's ass. Yeah, I don't think anyone was with me, so I probably said it to no one, no. which was better.
0: <laughs> um, You had an American man get disqualified for IAA, an infraction of IAAF rule 163.3. Oh, that one, that little guy. Yeah.
1: We um, all know what that one is. No need to talk about it.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, other than that, there's really not too much there. It's a fast
1: race, and we are not nuanced enough in it to break it down correctly. No. So I vote that we move on.
0: Ah, yeah. All right. (laughs) Um, shout out to Noah Lyles. Um, He wasn't
1: in the race.
0: Yeah, I can still shout him out, can I? That's the whole point of doing a podcast. Uh,
1: The men's 400 meter hurdles was pretty good.
0: I, yeah, the, um, the young... I don't know. Is he young? The the Varholm guy from Norway, um, Karsten
1: Warholm? Yeah, I think he's fairly young. He I mean, went he out looks
0: it, like a like a bat out of hell.
1: That's kind of his mo.
0: I don't even know if you just call it a kick. He just got run down. By, yeah, the uh,
1: the the, Sasamba. the
0: from from Cutter, from Cutter. Yeah, so he looked great.
1: Um, yeah, he like accelerate like off to of that last hurdle. Warholm kind of you could tell was getting lactic. Yeah. Um, but then Samba was just like still moving, man.
0: And he ran, it was a meat. it was a meet record. Um, yeah. And very close to his season's best and personal best. Uh,
1: Which apparently he's only run this race like 15 times. He's very it. new to
0: it. So, I love that.
1: Yeah. He, he's probably the uh, one to watch for um, on, on this kind of stage.
0: Uh, Karan Clement and TJ Holmes were the two Americans. Both with season's best? Yeah uh Kron Clement, he's a he metal man. So good. Oh yeah, and the thing is, that's a name that I known I've known for a while. Yeah, like, he's probably not that old, is he?
1: I don't know, because I, I agree with you that he has been around the the scene for a while. He looks fantastic. Yeah, I was telling Sarah we were watching. I was like, "This is a handsome man." Oh and my she goodness, was just kind of like, "Eh." I was like, Sh- "Shut up!" Like, shut, up. Like, shut up. He's handsome. Like, yeah, he's handsome as hell.
0: And you know, so I was sitting here. Uh, watching the meet by myself, and I oh, remember, nice. um, I remembered as I saw him starting. I was like, "Oh, you know what? I've I've gone through this man's Instagram before because yeah. I was like, he's a handsome man, and when you're a professional athlete and you're handsome, you probably are also a very successful fitness model, and he absolutely is." Okay, I thought so because I remember him.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at his his stuff right now. Let's
0: see. It looks like he takes care of his skin too. Oh my! There's like God. a shine to his face. I have never seen abs like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he, he's a he's, he's a pretty just, boy. He's beautiful. Yeah. He gorgeous. <laughs> he's gorgeous, and he's run. Um, I don't know. Very fat. Forty-seven point two for the four hundred meter hurdles, and yeah, he's uh, and he takes he, care
1: you, of his skin.
0: Yeah, you. Um, I've
1: been putting on more sunscreen lately.
0: Yeah, you should. You're a fair skinned man. I don't need to. Uh, I don't need to wear sunscreen. But that probably
1: You probably should.
0: I probably should. Um,
1: let's say, oh, the pre-race um the pre race routines of or like I don't even know what I'm saying, like the the you know, the the, the <laughs> you have to edit this. The pre race, like um as they were like calling their names for mm-hmm. the forty meter hurdles was pretty entertaining. I didn't the, see it, so what'd they do? Okay, well Carson was just being a crazy man and like jumping and screaming. Um, which preceded him, yelling into an old man's face, and the old man yelled like screamed back. And I assume oh it was his coach gosh. or his father, but it was like hit me. Yeah, exactly. It was like, dude, what? It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so that was interesting. But then Samba was like sitting on, um, a little you know the little cone things they have out, and he mm-hmm. was like fingering a guitar or like gesticulating as if. Oh were. yeah. Um, so, so that was fun, and then he he had a nice dance at the end too.
0: Um, well, a good so dance. So yeah, th- these guys brought some uh, brought some life to Oslo. Speaking of life, let's okay. take uh, the next event. I think to talk about maybe the high jump. I don't know anything about the high jump, but we do know that I do know that both you and I are fans of Mutaz Barshim.
1: Dude, what a freak!
0: So he speaking of pre race routines. He um I thought he this. He likes was to get his rocks funny. off. <laughs> yeah, he, he likes to go crazy. Yeah. He um it was like the the announcer was saying something in the stadium and the camera was just on Barshim and he was trying desperately to shut the crowd up. Because like some of them were clapping, some of them were I don't yeah. know, taking their shirts off and slapping their stomachs. Um, and so finally when when the announcer was done announcing the crowd fell completely silent and I thought like, okay, he just wants true, like just 100% to be concentrated on the bar. But then he just gives out this banshee yell and yeah, exactly like that. Thank you. And the crowd just bursts into applause and just gives the best. I don't know why the rhythmic clap is a thing in track and field. I guess I like it because it just means the crowd's engaged but burst into a very, probably the best orchestrated rhythmic clap that I've heard. Uh, And then he proceeds to just bash the bar with his shoulder and not clear the height, which is a super unfortunate sporting moment because you really love when the crowd's getting into it. Yeah. And what they're getting into it for is, you know, for him to do what he's supposed to do. And then he doesn't. And it just feels very anticlimactic. Yeah, it's
1: always a little bummer. And especially I think it's funny in high gym because in my head I was like oh is he going to make him do it again like you know every time he missed and he did each time and he missed yeah. you know he was trying he was going for what 2. 2.4 4, yeah. yeah um and you know so that was too bad you would have obviously loved to see him see him hit that but yeah I was kind of like oh he's going to make him do it again cuz you know at some point the crowd has to kind of lose it
0: it's the boy who cried wolf yeah at a certain point they're like no no young man we know that there's no wolf. Yeah,
1: we know you're not going <laughs> to do this today, but it was a good attempt, and yeah. it was a it was a good competition. The the Russian guy gave him a run for his money.
0: I always Lysenko. Um, yep. He had no flag next to his little name, and Ooh. it's just one of those. Things oh, is where, it because he's one of the? He's one of the authorized. Oh uh, yes. Neutral mm. athletes. He didn't
1: dope. We promise.
0: One day we'll one have a day. nuanced discussion about
1: it. but I don't know. I'd have to read a lot of stuff.
0: And I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah.
1: I actually like reading.
0: Thank you, Stephen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Moving on to the uh... women's 400. We had a plethora of American talent in this
0: one. A lot of them. A lot of them. Yeah, we had
1: Phyllis Francis, Shakima Wembley, Jessica Beard, Jade, Stepter, and everyone's favorite, Longhorn, Courtney Okolo. Go hook them. They all lost because yeah. <laughs> Salwa Eyed Nasir ran sub-50, which I'm going to take the announcer's line. You don't see that much these days. Um, so apparently there was a golden era for women's 400, but we are not currently in it. Um, I think yeah, it she was ushered
0: out when Sa- Sonia Richards-Ross. Ushered
1: out. I yeah. love it. Um, 49.98 for the win. You know She
0: looked amazing. Off the last 100. Oh, She's also 20 yeah. years old. Which is... Um... That's one thing that the announcer was saying is that ah, oh, you can only imagine she'll get stronger from here being yep. only 20 years old.
1: Yeah, I heard that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know the announcer was like an aristocrat from I don't even know where you're from right now, but that was a good impression.
0: Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, um, I, I know he also referred to the uh, the five American women as uh, a domestic dust up, I think is okay. what uh, I don't which I liked it mostly yeah. because I'm a simple man and things mm-hmm. and alliteration pleases yeah. me. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other than that, we don't know much about the 400.
1: Oh, We got to be better about this.
0: Yeah. We should be more prepared, but thank God you know, for
1: speaking about preparedness. Um, one of the poor reviews of this podcast after the initial episode was about us being unprepared. And frankly, that's just something we kind of pride ourselves on. We're definitely not trying to be like... Ryan nor I are giant running nerds. We know more than the average bear, but we aren't going to... You know, Jesse Squire is the person you want to talk to about stats. We're here for entertaining banter. And I don't want that to get lost on anyone.
0: No. If you try to uh, put us in a box, I I think it's just going to be sad and it's going to be boring. And you're going to be like, well... They're not really that insightful. If you, yeah, so if, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for insight, yeah. wrong wrong spot, wrong place.
1: Um, um. So the men's mile, the the dream mile, was the last competition.
0: I didn't know that. Uh, this is obviously I knew that the dream mile is a big deal. Like it's a bit, it's a it's got a lot of history, a rich history. Yep. But uh, it uh, it's it's. Yeah, I mean, a, a handful of world records have been set uh, during this race. Yeah. Um,
1: a... I mean, the meet, the meet record is 344.9.
0: Yeah. I wonder where that ranks all-time miles. Just based on that, you're kind of always hoping for a fast race. Yep. And based on the field, I think it obviously had potential to be fast.
1: Yeah. I mean, fast-ish, it's not the most star-studded field, there's some really, you know, it's a kind of a... The fast guys are all about 350. M- M- Menang always run 349. Um, but then it seems like it's mostly like a 352, 354 sort of competition. Yeah. Um, and even that would have been great. I mean, it was one in 356, almost 357, which is, you know, not not great. Um, and th- this was another case of the, the rabbit, you know, no one really willing or go, or the rabbit kind of screwing up. Um but you know so yeah, he was asked to go through in 152 to 153. Ran his first lap in 57 and no one was even close to him. The field went through in 60. Um and then they ran a 64 for a second lap. Ugh.
0: Did you see that the they they have listed the the rabbit smile PR?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at, it at 444.
0: 444.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's run 145 in the 800.
0: Yeah, nothing to sneeze at, but yeah. uh just kind of it's, funny. Of course he's faster than 444. And of course, hey, if you're out there and you've only ran 340 444, um perfectly Good respectable job. time. That's amazing. Sub yeah. 5. Nice. Work. For you. Holy shit.
1: Um the one so Menango is obviously the reigning world champion, um and I thought his race was super impressive, especially that last lap when mm-hmm. everyone was kind of just on him and he just held the rail. Yeah, and just refused to let anyone buy him, and then just blasted people the last hundred or so. I thought it was it was really really impressive, and it seems like a, a return to form for Elijah. Is he a young boy? Uh, probably.
0: <laughs> We're uh, gonna assume that he's a young boy. Yeah. Um, I just looked it up. The 3:44 by Hicham El Guerrouj, uh, the fourth fastest mile of all time.
1: Can you believe they ran twelve seconds slower today?
0: It's so you know what's kind of crazy to think about too is that Alan Webb's three forty-seven. Yeah, it's like when that's the. How, when did he run that? Two thousand seven, something like that. So that was the fastest time when he did it. It was like the fastest time since two thousand three. So I think that still makes it like since yeah. two thousand. Like nobody's ran fast like Alan Webb in the last decade is still the fastest miler in the world. Really? Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I mean, it was a very disappointing... In terms of... Yeah, I thought it was a good race. Like, it was it was fun to watch the last lap, and it was cool yeah. to see Menangoi kind of flex on people, but... I yeah. think
0: that kind of brings it back to these kind of... What, what people refer to, I guess, as championship-style racing, with the kind sure. of sit-and-kick thing, uh-huh. which people... The announcers, too, were kind of pissing on it, like... Uh, it kind of sucks that nobody's going with the rabbit or they're, they're going to be a content to run 357. But I, I don't know. I feel like I might be in the minority, but I don't really mind when they run slow. I'd say you definitely are in the minority. <laughs> but I think that kind of... Uh...
1: Humanizes them. No, no
0: just <laughs> it's just the kind of... Yeah, it just makes them seem beatable. No, <laughs> the... Uh... It's kind of fun watching the them kind of start to... I, I like the long kill. I like the fast last 800 meters. I think it's fun. Then just watching like, oh, here goes some guy going with the rabbit. He's going to die. Who's going to pass him as yeah. he dies? Like it's just not like but it's more... It's always
1: just... It's kind of fascinating to see that almost. Yeah. Because so, it's like, it's more,
0: you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I guess it's braver, right? To try to 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 maybe potentially fall on the sword. Yeah, exactly. I guess this goes along too. Like this is something um, that I'm also curious about. Like when it does come down to something rather pedestrian, like let's say a race like this, one in three fifty-seven, something that everybody in the field, at least looking from their PRs, yes, is done well below do that easily, like. What happens in the race when you go through in uh, two flat, 204, I think is what, mm-hmm. yeah, 204. They went through like, is that a breeze to the, a, a walk in the park to them? Oh, yeah, definitely. And so, and then you close, what did this man close in? Um, what is that? 204
1: and 156, so he closed in um, 150, uh, 152.
0: So his, Menangoy hit the bell at 302, so he closed in 50... Four, Three, yeah, yeah, 54. Something that obviously all of these guys are capable of, yeah. Why does Menangoy get the edge there?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with his positioning, he was leading at the bell. Um, so he, you know, I thought then that's what I was so impressed by was just the way he ran that last lap. But, um, yeah, that's interesting because I mean, you would assume most of them can definitely close that fast, and you saw someone like Jake Whiteman, he came up on that bell lap and it looked like he was going to try to take the lead. Um, and it just kind of pit, you know, just kind of puttered out on him. And I think it's, it's asking a lot for someone to close in 54, even these world-class guys. And some days you just, but I don't have the juice, you know? So there you have it folks.
0: That's the take the of the day. No juice. No juice. The <laughs> No juice boys. The No juice boys.
1: Yeah. No, I don't know. Um, you know, you you can't always do the things you want to do, Ryan. Right? That's
0: true. Have you do you have experience a slow race? Is it is it is it easy to close hard in a slow race, or some days you just have it, some days you don't?
1: I mean, the only time I was ever in control of racing was in high school, and yes, if it was a slow race and it came down to a kick, I managed to to do okay in those races. But in college, I mean, I was. I won yeah I mean I won one race my freshman year off of a kick and then any other race I ever won was just actually yeah those were i don't know it's not worth even discussing my it's pales and my my minor accomplishments yeah. yeah so uh yeah i mean it's always kind of exciting and you're able to give you know it's fun to to be able to have something left in the tank than just like crawl across the finish line but sometimes closing hard can mean feeling like a 64 that feels fast and that's not very fast. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I guess that's it, huh?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we're just, you know, we're, we're, we're learning on the fly here about how to podcast. Um, what is our next one? Uh, it is something
0: fun. Uh, Stockholm. Mm,
1: and that love is
0: it. actually, uh, June 10th. So, what? Yeah, you guys are gonna get another pod Sunday. Jesus, maybe. Nah, we're gonna do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. um cool. that'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. So if so, yeah, um, if you
1: are enjoying this, please just let us know somehow. Um, it would just be nice to have some positive reinforcement.
0: That's all we really ask for, you know. Yeah. We're sensitive souls too. We're human. We're not just voices on the internet.
1: Yeah. If you comment, do we not read? Do you get it? Like, if you prick me, do I not bleed? That's some Merchant of Venice throwback. (laughs) No, nothing?
0: This is a callback to when Stephen told me last episode to read a book, and (laughs) I have refused.
1: Still haven't read.
0: Mm -mm. Not once? That's why we podcast. The only book
1: Ryan has ever read was The Phantom Tollbooth
0: that's yeah and that's when third i stopped grade. fourth yeah. Ooh, wow okay third grade i'm sorry uh, <laughs> it had pictures it was great um all right thanks again to Coles. yep Coles. It's where you get your big boy pants <laughs> or big girl suits oh and big girl suits uh that's why we love them steven what are you doing the rest of the day Rest of the
1: day, um two fifteen, oof. And the We're going on and the
0: junkyards left. and the highways come between us and some mother woman's crying to her mother cause she turned and I was gone. I still might run in silence, tears of joy might stain my face, and a summer sun might burn me till I'm blind. But not to where I cannot see you walking on the back roads By the rivers flowing gentle on my mind